What is up, Thrive Tribe? I am beyond honored and excited to bring you today's guest. And this man, Naveen Jain, is one of the most innovative entrepreneurs of our lifetime. He's a philanthropist. He's a father. He's a husband, a self-made billionaire, and somebody who's really going beyond the perceived limits of the universe in making a massive impact. And I'm so grateful, Naveen, to have you on the show. Welcome, brother. Well, welcome, Tribe Tribe. And I can tell you that I'm looking forward to the discussion because I think you, every one of you is probably doing some amazing stuff. And if I can contribute in any way to your life, it's an honor for me. Amazing. Absolutely. So Naveen, I want to kind of take this back to your childhood in in India and what those first 20 years were like for you, because obviously you, it, it must have been a little unique with the mindset that you were adopted with. And then also that transition moving to America and and how that journey evolved. Sure, brother. I said, I just hate talking about myself. So I'm going to see if I can transition into the place in the right way. You know, obviously, I grew up in India. We were, uh, you know, we grew up in a poor family. We didn't have a food to eat. We didn't have a place to stay. But God has been just amazingly kind to us. You know, came to uh, came to United States about 37 years ago. And, uh, you know, if you look at the people around you, They surround you with love. They give you the opportunity to succeed. And to me, that becomes my, uh, essentially a a debit that I have. And I have to now find a way to pay back to the society that has given me so much. You know, and it always starts as a childhood with an unconditional love that you get from your parents. And to me, that's the same thing we gave it to our children, where we told them that our love for you is unconditional, but our approval is not. That means our approval comes from you doing things that will improve the lives of people, but we'll always love you. Even if you turned out to be a bum, we'll love you. We may not be proud of you, but we'll love you. Right. But at the same time, I mean, to me, that's really the key is that every parent has to give that safety and security to a child that says it doesn't matter what you do. We will always be there for you when it comes to loving you. But if you want our approval, you have to do things that makes you proud. So I would never tell them I'm proud of you unless they do something that makes us proud of them. And it's really simple. We give them a simple math. Your success will never be measured by how much money you have in the bank. It's going to be measured by how many lives you're able to improve. And I told them that the only way you really know in life that you have been successful is the day you become humble because humility is a sign of success. If you still have iota of arrogance left in you, that means you're still trying to prove something to yourself or someone else. That is not a success. Success comes when you stop proving. And in some sense, you could argue that falling in love with yourself is a true sign of success in a sense that when you fall in love with yourself, it doesn't mean you become self-conceited. It doesn't mean you become self-arrogant. It all that means you're not looking for someone's approval. You do things that you believe will benefit humanity, not because you're looking for someone to say, hey, you're doing a good thing or you're doing a bad thing, right? So to me, that becomes really the way to measure your life is, is to the day you fall in love with yourself is the day the world will fall in love with you, right? So one of the things I find, and especially in a lot of the people who grew up 
in a middle class family or a not so middle class family is they always wor- worry about what will they say and i have no idea who these they are but they always wonder if i do this what will they say and answer is it doesn't matter <laughs> i'm not you know th- those are not the people i go for looking for mentorship so why would i care about what they think of me right so to me that's really the key to success in life is to have an internal conviction an internal conviction has to be driven by your own purpose in life it has to be a north star that you constantly moving towards and in this journey you celebrate the milestones but you don't focus on goals and that's something as we move along i'll talk about that you know in eastern philosophy and the western philosophy there are certain things we are taught that actually lead us down the path that brings us frustration that brings us unhappiness right we are told in western society from the time you are born there is a goal you must be goal oriented you must meet this goal you have this goal right and you constantly are looking for goals in eastern philosophy says that outcome is not something that you worry about you focus on actions not outcome so every day you wake up and say what can i do today towards my purpose not what outcome will happen because outcome is not something you control and that's where the unhappiness happens is the difference between expectations the gap between expectations and reality is called frustration and anger and disappointment <laughs> i love that i i i think too i can definitely relate like goals contributing towards anxiety and and I know Deepak Chopra like I read this in 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 one of his books he talks about the law of detachment and detaching yourself from the outcome and just focusing on the process on the journey and I'm wondering Naveen in all of your different ventures you know I know you spent time with Microsoft as well early in your career um I'm curious to know did you always have that that vision of improving humanity or was that something that you adopted later in your career? Yeah so it's very interesting Jeremy that you know to some extent it sounds like something you are doing it for someone else you think you're philanthropic because you really focused on improving people's lives actually it is a very capitalistic thing to do and the reason i say that is if you want to create a 100 billion dollar company all you have to do is improve the lives of billion people and if you can do that you would create a 100 billion dollar company but if you go set out to create a 100 billion dollar company you will always fail because that is not what happens that is a byproduct that is an outcome of improving the lives of people so if you can find a way to improve the lives of 100 million people you can create a 10 billion dollar company right? and that is the trick is to always focus because that creates a sustainable great business and that's one of the metrics i use every time i start a company those are the framework that i use uh and it's called why this why now and why me and we'll get into that in a second because to me that's the key to actually coming up with the things that uh actually will make you happy and create a sustainable enterprise while improving while pushing the humanity forward 
Yeah. So let's get into that, Naveen. Why <laughs> biome? Why now? And why are you the person to really facilitate this huge change in healthcare and the overall way that we approach our health and well-being? Jeremy, I, I thank you for uh, that introduction. So as you know that I started this company called Wyom with the fundamental belief that chronic diseases can be prevented and reversed. Just to give a little bit more definition of what I mean by chronic diseases, right? Chronic diseases are something that we suffer. Every one of us are going to suffer during our lifetime, whether it's obesity or diabetes, heart diseases, you know, the different types of cancer, depression, anxiety, whether you look at Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, or any types of these diseases, autoimmune diseases, Hashimoto, and, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, and, you know, joint pains, all the thing, or, in you, you know, stomach pain, these are all IBS, IBD, these are all chronic diseases, right? Now, these diseases are not something you're born with. This is not in your genes. This is something happens based on your lifestyle, right? So here was the fundamental belief. So before I started Wild, we say is, what if we can create a world where being sick is truly a matter of choice, not a matter of bad luck? That means making illness optional. And people thought, that's an a absurd idea to make illness optional. Who wants to be ever be sick? And it's interesting thing is, uh, every one of us actually makes choices every single day, sometimes knowingly, but more often than not unknowingly that we do things that make us sick, right? So for example, uh, knowingly would be, we know smoking is bad for you. Smoking will cause cancer. And some people say, hell with it, I'm going to smoke. That's a knowingly you made a choice that I don't mind being sick and that's okay, right? But at least the choice is yours now, right? And more often than not, we unknowingly eat food that may actually be harming us. We take supplements that may actually be harming us, right? <clears throat> so any case, let's start from the beginning of the framework. So our fundamental goal was at Wyom was that can we make chronic diseases actually a matter of choices. Uh, and we say, why this? Why this is, uh, if God forbid you're actually successful in solving this problem, would it help a billion people live a better life? And our answer in this case was, if we can find a way to help people not be have chronic diseases, would it help a billion people? Answer was 7.4 billion people, check out. So that's a good framework. The second thing was, why now? Because more often than not, companies fail or companies don't meet their mission because the underlying technology that they're using is either to becomes obsolete or the technology just doesn't exist for them to be able to succeed. Right? So the why now comes in saying, what would it take? So remember, Whenever you want to solve a problem, you don't say it can't be done or it is it won't work. You simply say what technologies need to be there for this problem to be solved. Right. So you start with a framework. The problem is going to get solved. To solve it, what needs to happen? And we say, oh, if you're going to solve this problem, there are three things need to happen. One is we need to be able to digitize the human body to understand every biochemical that is produced in the body. So you basically say chemistry. And then we said, once you have all these biochemicals that are happening in your body, in your mouth, in your you know, gut, in your body, everything, 
Then second thing needs to happen is when massive amount of data comes in, can you process all this data in using supercomputers or now we call them cloud? That needs to be able to happen cheaply enough. And the last part is, can we, would there be enough power, enough powerful AI to be able to make a sense of the data, why people are developing diabetes, why people are developing cancer. So the AI has to be powerful, processing power needed to be there, and the cost of digitizing the human body has to start coming down. And that's literally what we saw when I started the company five years ago, to see the cost of digitizing the human body was coming down, and cost of processing the data on AWS is coming down, and the AI was becoming powerful. We say the time to do this is now. The last part is really the most critical part, which is why me, and in this case about what is what questions you are asking that are different from what everyone else in the industry is asking. And that's the key, by the way, to everything, not just business, but also life. So if you're going out on, you know, you want to marry someone, you ask the same question, right? Why, why, why marriage? Why now? And why me? <laughs> Right. right. So why do you want to get married? I mean, you have to answer a question. Why do I want to get married? Why timing is now? Why not a you know, year from now? And why me? What is that? The things that she brings in that I need, right? And what is that I'm bringing to the party that she really needs? And unless all those questions are asked, you essentially end up making decisions which are not essentially based on a right framework, right? So coming back to in this case of uh, why me, Everyone in the industry was focused on looking at your DNA and your genes. Everyone was looking at the gut microbiome. And we were saying the microbiome is understanding microbiome could be the key to understanding chronic diseases. And we thought that actually is not the right way of looking at this problem. The right way would be to say, instead of looking at the genes, what if we look at what genes are being expressed? And here is the reason why. Because we saw that your DNA does not change. So if I do your DNA today, and then you gain 200 pounds, your DNA still is the same. Now you get depression, your DNA still hasn't changed. Now you get diabetes, your still DNA hasn't changed. Now you have heart disease, your DNA still hasn't changed. So if DNA is not changing, how can you say by looking at DNA, I can tell you, you're moving towards a disease or moving away from a disease, right? By looking at the gene expression, which is mRNA, which is now the, a nice four-letter word that we all know, mRNA. That's what we've been looking for the last five years, this mRNA, because messenger RNA tells you what is going on inside your body. And the same thing happened in the microbiome. Everyone was focused on trying to find out I, what microbes are in people's gut when they have diabetes. And our thought was, I wasn't a scientist. I see these microbes sound like as little human beings. And what if there could be thousands of these human beings doing the same thing that causes the disease? So by saying one is Paul, one person has Paul, one person has John, well, they're very different. Well, guess what? If they're all doing the same thing, Paul and John, that causes diabetes, it doesn't matter what their names are. Or what if the same organisms could be doing something different in your gut than in my gut, similar to what people do today? If you put the people in a good environment, they do good things. You put them in the bad environment to do bad things, same person. So same organism can produce toxic in one person's gut and can produce something beneficial in other person's gut, depending on are they, do they feel threatened or do they feel loved, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a nice ecosystem that feeds on each other, the people, the microorganisms produce beneficial stuff. When they feel they are threatened because some other organism is trying to attack them, then they release even more toxin and say, all right, so you want to kill me, I'm going to kill you. 
guess what? We become the basically the bystander who gets disease. Right? Yeah. Wow. So, so that's a framework we use was saying, what if you could measure gene expression? That became the key to what Viome does. So if I may just expand on that concept of what Viome does is, so now, you know, looking now five years later, now we have analyzed over quarter million people. So here's what happens. So we send you at home kit. You actually put a touch of a stool and a couple of drops of your blood. And we're able to now analyze all the biochemical activities that are happening in your body. And then we tell you what is your immune health looks like? What does your gut health looks like? What does your cellular health looks like? What does your biological age looks like? So that means how are you aging internally? And then we tell you, eat these foods and why don't eat these foods and here is why so for example it told me not to eat broccoli and he says hey you may think broccoli is healthy but for you right now it is not healthy because your gut microbiome is producing too much of sulfide and broccoli contains a lot of sulfate is going to harm and cause more inflammation so don't eat broccoli now, that's maybe a music to some people's ear, but a lot of people thought they were eating broccoli and cabbage and Brussels sprout by thinking they're eating healthy. And that was causing actually the uh, harm, the inflammation in their gut. Same thing happened with the spinach. It says don't eat the spinach. And I was surprised. I thought that spinach is healthy for everyone. Popeye told us, didn't right? So Popeye said spinach, eat the spinach, you get, you get healthier, right? Turns out spinach was not good for me because my gut wasn't producing the enough enzymes to digest oxalate, which is very high in spinach, right? And that was the reason I shouldn't be eating that. And same type of things you can see. So we tell you every food you should eat and why. And then comes the really interesting part. Then we say, here are the other nutrients that your body needs. So you need 17 milligram of curcumin. You need 22 milligram of elderberry. You also need amylase. You need this protease. You need these uh, digestive enzymes. You need these food extracts. And then we make those capsules on demand, made to order with only those ingredients in that dosage for each individual after you do the test. That has never been done. So we literally have this robotic machine and we tell them, this is the order for Jeremy. Jeremy needs 10 milligram of that, 12 milligram of that, 22 milligram of that. And we make those capsules and ship it to you. All the prebiotic, all the probiotics, all the food extract, all the amino acids, digestive enzyme, everything you need. We put them in the box and ship it to you every month. And that to me is really the way of living because now my hope is that food becomes the medicine. So this is not a new concept, Jeremy. Everyone thinks about, hey, these guys are crazy. How can they possibly think that something happens in the gut until you go back 2,500 years ago? What Hippocrates says, all diseases begin in the gut. Let yeah. food be thy medicine. What is up, Thrive Tribe? I am sorry to interrupt today's show with the one and only Naveen Jain, but... I wanted to let you know that I created a free microdosing course for you because so many people were messaging me and asking me about what microdosing is and how can they implement it into their life. So I decided why not create a free resource that has a bunch of video content where I provide more context 
about what microdosing is and how you can potentially see some of the benefits it offers. So again, hit the link in the show notes if you want to access that. There's no gimmicks. It's completely free. I just want to provide as much value for you as possible. Now, let's get back to the show. And by the way, he also said one man's food is another man's poison. So he knew broccoli is good for some people and harmful for someone else. Right? Yeah, Naveen. Yeah, my I, my mind is blown and I'm sure the listeners are hopefully taking notes right now. And I had no idea that you guys measured, I guess, telomere lengths to find the biological age. Is that the tool? Like what, what tool are you using to, to find that information? Because that's amazing. Actually, telomere length is not your predictor of biological age. That is the wrong concept. Uh, so in fact, if you can increase your telomere length, because a lot of ways people have done that, and that in fact does not change your biological age or how long you live. It is If they do get shorter, they do, the cells do die. But in fact, increasing the telomere length doesn't mean you actually live longer. So what we actually look for is many signals of biological age. The primary signal actually is the inflammation. So number one thing that kills us is our weak immune system. And then literally people die from different things, but fundamentally it is our immune system stops becoming as good as it was when you were young. And that's the reason when the kids are young, they get hurt, they recover fast. They don't catch diseases as often. And as we get older, we get more diseases, we get more infection because our immune system gets weaker and weaker. And what we found, the number one predictor of biological age was something called CDAT cells. These are the soldiers of our immune system. They get less specific and they become weaker. And that is one thing. So one of the things we learned was Chronic inflammation is a root cause of chronic diseases. So if you can reduce the inflammation in the body, your acne goes away, your eczema goes away. And these things we call diseases are really the symptoms of inflammation. When your skin is inflamed, that's why you get eczema. When your skin is inflamed, that's why you get all these diseases, right? And same type of thing, there is inflammation. Basically, you get uh, heart diseases. You get a whole bunch of diseases because of chronic inflammation. Got it. Well, I appreciate you clearing that up. I wasn't aware of that. And I think the most powerful thing from my perspective, Naveen, is that Viome is giving people the power to take ownership of their health because because now you're able to build that level of self-awareness where it's like, oh my gosh, this thing that I've been doing the last 10 or 15 years that I thought was good for me is actually destructive for me and vice versa. And you're literally doing this at such a personal level. And I saw recently on the website, like the prices have dropped significantly because yes. I, because I know you and your team are really on a mission to impact as many lives as possible. So it's absolutely incredible that you guys are giving people this powerful tool to build self-awareness, to be their own doctor, to be their own healer and take ownership once and for all of their health. And Naveen, before we move on, I just read when I was like doing some research for our conversation, you know, I saw that the average doctor, the average doctor in training in America and four years in med school learns less than 25 hours of nutrition in their four years. And, you know, my dad was a neurologist for 40 years. So I have a ton of love, you know, for doctors and I know their intentions are true and they, they really do want to help people, but the Western medicine model is broken. 
And the way they yeah. make money is by us being sick. So I feel like I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, have you gotten any pushback or resistance from big pharma or any of these other big companies that essentially want to keep us in this hamster wheel of illness? You know, uh, so the, you know, it's unfortunate part of the medicine, especially in United States, where in our medical industrial complex, everyone makes money when you are sick and no one makes money when we are healthy. And a chronic disease to these, these people means a, a lifetime subscriber, right? And, you know, and the idea of, you know, you give me an ill and I'll give you a pill. And by the way, that pill may cause three more symptoms. And I have pills for those three symptoms that will cause nine more symptoms. And I have pill for those nine symptoms. And by the time you get old, you're popping more pills than blueberries. And that's literally our system, right? And I you know, to some extent, what we're trying to do is to make sure that, as you mentioned, Jeremy, very uh, eloquently, is that make you the CEO of your own health. Not only just tell you what's happening in your body, we tell you what you can do. And again, we're not suggesting choice is yours. That's the reason we said making illness optional. That means you get to decide, do I care or I don't care? And we tell you, don't eat broccoli. You say, no, I want to eat broccoli. Be my guest, right? <laughs> but point is, the choice is yours. Our job is to tell you. And then you can decide. If we tell you you need these supplements and you say, I'm not going to buy, I'm going to go take my, I, I heard on the thing, the green coffee extract is what's going to help me lose weight. Great, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do that. I can't help you if you're not going to actually follow the advice, right? So in our belief system is that, Pharma companies will come around when the people start to take control of their action. They are counting on the fact that humanity will never come together. And as we are learning, Jeremy, I don't know if you saw, just last week we published a paper. And now think about that. We showed in four months, we were able to improve depression by 36%, anxiety by 40%, IBS, which is 15% of population in the United States suffer from the stomach ache, the diarrhea, constipation, by 32%, and by diabetes by 30% in four months using food and supplement as a medicine, no drugs. There's not a single drug that does that. And this is basically we are showing that simple personalized nutrition and foods can bring down depression, anxiety, IBS, diabetes. And now, and obviously, these are all connected to obesity and you know, heart disease and all other symptoms. So to me, it is such a perfect proof point that you know, I'm not suggesting we cure diseases, but we do show the clinical scores come down. And we published a research on that. You can Google it. Right? We published a paper on detecting oral cancer, stage one oral cancer by simply looking at your saliva. We are now, you know, so we are going out there and now doing, working, as you mentioned, with pharma companies, uh, actually developing vaccine to protect yourself from autoimmune diseases and different types of cancer. So we are now understanding what causes people to have colorectal cancer, breast cancer, you know, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, and see if we can come up with a vaccine to prevent it just like COVID. Why would someone have to go through the suffering of a cancer, take the red poison, hoping you will kill the cancer, right? I mean, that model has to go away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's such innovative, like transformational work that's happening. And I'm, I'm so grateful that this work 
is being facilitated. Now, I'm curious, Naveen, out of these 250,000 samples that you've received, what are a couple of the surprising findings that maybe you can share with us? Um, Is is that something you'd be able to touch on? Absolutely. So by the way, so one thing we have done is now we can predict 30 different diseases before you actually develop them. So we have predictive biomarkers. So you can say, look, if you keep going down this path, you're going to have a depression. You're going to actually go down this path. You're going to have uh, diabetes. You're going to have this cancer. We can see you moving towards that disease, right? Other thing we were surprised to us was that we knew there are some of the diseases which are called metabolic diseases would be a no-brainer, such as you know obesity and diabetes and heart disease. We knew that's a lifestyle thing. Everyone knows. What surprised me was people say they sleep better. They have more energy. They are now have clear thinking. So the brain fog. I mean, those and it's, you know what surprised us most was people saying they have had eczema and acne for life and they suddenly did disappear. And you know we weren't really looking to cure these diseases. These were all the byproduct. People are now losing weight. People are telling us they auto, they've been taking these biologics for autoimmune diseases and they're no longer taking it. Again, I want to be very clear. We are not claiming to cure these diseases. I'm just telling you what people give us the feedback and and. That's the reason we do clinical research and then go to FDA to actually prove that we do that, which is what we did with oral cancer. We basically looking to see what people are telling us. And when we get enough signal, then we actually do a clinical research and go to FDA before we make any claim. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to have my test done and and really dive deeper into my personal nutrition. And I know this is something that my community is also going to get a ton of value from. Naveen, I know know you are short on time. Can we go maybe five more minutes? Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. That's five minutes. Yes, please. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you. Now, I really am curious to ask you because I was kind of watching some of your talks. I watched one that you gave in Vegas at 10X a couple of years ago, but I really want to, I really want to touch on what work-life integration means to you because, you know, you've built some unbelievable entities and you've also managed to uh, raise three children who are all doing amazing things in their own right and, and staying married and things like that. So I'm curious to know, like, how are you able to make all of that work and function? Well, I think, you know, that as I said, parenting is very counterintuitive, right? Sometimes we do things we think are we are helping our children. So, for example, uh, you know, first company that I started became wildly successful beyond anything I could have ever imagined, right? The company went on to become a $30 billion company, right? It doesn't matter. Point was our children were young. And I could have easily said, you know, I'm going to now retire and I'm going to spend time with our children, which people would say, oh, my God, such a nice thing to do that you're spending time with your children now. Right now, imagine what the children were seeing. Right. So your intentions are good. What children see are very different. What children see is when they go to school at 730, their dad is sitting on the sofa watching CNBC. Then they come back from school tired. They, you know, and I'm telling them, you need to work hard, do your homework. The hard work is what makes you successful. Dad is sitting on the sofa watching CNBC. And despite what you tell them, what they really are listening is, I want to grow up and just be like my dad, sit on the sofa and watch CNBC. Instead, wow. what they saw was very different. Dad 
doesn't say money doesn't matter. That shows them I start the second company and the third company. And then I go out and say, we are going to go to the moon. And the kids are saying, Dad, that is impossible. And we go show them how it actually we became the only company that have a license, actually permission from the government to be able to leave the Earth orbit. Then the dad says, well, that thing is great. I'm going to now go disrupt healthcare." And the kids are saying, Dad, healthcare, nobody does healthcare disruption. You are crazy. You need to just retire now. And that shows them what it can be done. Guess what happens? My oldest child is now onto his third unicorn. My daughter is doing women's health after working for a company where she was doing the removing the gender bias and hiding because she cares about women's issues, right? Now, our youngest one also is Stanford graduate, just like his sister, and became a Schwarzman scholar. And now he's going out and starting his own company to disrupt and pushing the humanity forward, right? So my point is they did it because they saw that dad Dad didn't talk about it. That showed them how to do that. Mm. That gave them a confidence that nothing is impossible the only thing that's impossible is what you believe is impossible, right? Sky is not the limit because sky doesn't exist. We create sky as a figment of our imagination unless we reach there and we find there was nothing there. It was simply the hallucination that shows us the sky, right? When we look up, we see this limit called sky. When you go up to the space, there is no sky. We don't pass the sky ever, right? It is simply the imagination of the barriers that we see in our life. So if you are a you know tribe tribe and you're finding yourself starting a company and you say, oh my God, I'm going through these tough times, remember that tells you you are the one who is going to succeed in life. Life of an entrepreneur is just like a heartbeat. You know you're alive when it goes up and down. When it's smooth, you're dead. So when things are up and down, all that tells you is you are a great entrepreneur, hunker down when things are down and the next beat is going to be up. And when you are on top of that beat, never get too cocky because you know the winter is coming, right? Never ever satisfy yourself with living a smooth life. That means you're opting to live a life of a dead person and that's not the life worth living. Wow. Naveen, to, to touch on that, to touch on that, you know, Obviously, you have a powerful ability to enroll others in your vision. And I think part of the reason why, looking from the outside, is because of that energy and enthusiasm that you bring every single day. And I've heard you say that you need to get rid of passion and you need to become obsessed with your craft. Can you talk about the importance of obsession? Absolutely. So, Jeremy, let this be the last question here. So, so to me, when what if you are when you wake up in the morning and you don't jump out of the bed whatever you're doing is not your true obsession because people who are truly obsessed jump out of the bed wanting to solve the problem they go to bed thinking about solving the problem and when you find that you will be driven to solve the problem it is not passion is for hobbies passion is for losers right passion the True entrepreneurs have so obsessed with solving that problem, not about making money. It's about improving the lives of people. They're obsessed about solving that problem. When you get that, you will find the amount of energy you have when you wake up is so high. And when you go to bed, you will still have the energy all through the day. So to me, what drives you forward is that true obsession of wanting to help others, not wanting to make money. And that's really the way to go. 
Naveen, thank you so much, brother. And before you sign off, I just want to acknowledge you for the impact that you continue to create in this world. I told Maury, I told you, I want to support in any way possible. And again, I'm just so grateful for your generosity and for your continued desire and, and for letting us know that our dreams don't have to die, that we can continue chasing these dreams with ferocity, that we don't have to conform to any societal stigmas and norms. So thank you for showing us what is possible, Naveen. Thank you, brother. And I look forward to continuing our conversation. Yes, sir. I can't, I can't wait care. to connect soon, Naveen. Have an amazing rest of your morning, okay? You, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, brother. Oh my goodness. Thrive Tribe. I hope that you extracted as much knowledge and value as I did from that conversation with Naveen Jain. And I am so, so grateful to be able to connect with people like Naveen and share them with you. And really, the best way that you can express your appreciation, your gratitude, is by leaving a review for the show. It really goes a long way in allowing us to impact more people and change more lives. It literally takes 10 seconds. You can tap five stars. You can even write something if you feel called to, but that really allows us to do what we do. And I don't get paid to do this podcast. In fact, it's a huge expense for me, both financially and energetically, but I love it. And I'm on a mission to continue bringing you the best knowledge and information from the biggest thought leaders in the world. So leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend genuinely means so much. And I highly, highly encourage you to check out Viome.com, V-I-O-M-E.com and take your health and wellness to the next level. I just ordered my health intelligence kit and literally just sent in the sample of my stool. Um, so I'm really excited to get those results and build more awareness, nutritionally speaking, and help my clients, my students, and help you along the way. Again, they're super affordable. I didn't even get a discount code on this, but I really encourage you to check out Viome.com. The link is in the show notes and take your gut health, take your brain health, and take your overall human experience to the next level. All right, fam, you know what time it is. It's time to break through those limiting beliefs, break through those barriers that are holding you back and start stepping into that powerful human being that you were destined and born to become. You already know what time it is. It's time to take your health to the next level and thrive.